I'm no longer slave to fear. That's what my sermon is kind of all about. And it's kind of funny. Uh, two brothers read about Daniel, and I was kind of hoping to read. I wasn't going to read those. I was going to mention them, but I'll probably still mention them just in a little bit different direction. Uh, Dave asked to preach me, uh, for me to preach, and he asked me to keep it simple. And, uh, of course, simple is all I can do for you guys due to... You know, I prefer to read my Bible in English, some kind of still new, you know. Um, uh, so when he, he asked me to preach, you know, the first thing kind of came to my mind is the, you know, my youth days, which I'm still kind of young, but, you know, it was 2005, between 2005 and 2010, we were going to youth services, and it kind of gave me a, a good reminder the first time when he asked me to preach. You know, I kind of started thinking about how I went to youth service. For some reason, uh, reminding me, you know, back in our days, it was like, it was one of those, you know, time of, not that there's anything wrong with leather jackets, it was a time of leather jackets. For some reason, first thing I remember, our youth service, it was, it was like black. There was a lot of leather jackets there, you know. First thing came to my mind, you know. And another thing I started thinking how, you know, I, first thing I want to do is uh, when I was growing up, you want to get out of the parents' house. You want to kind of start your own thing. You want to, you know, separate. You want to get a car. You want to start driving. And you want to do it as fast as you possibly can. You know, but now that I'm, you know, have my own family, I kind of think back. And I wish I could have, you know, uh, enjoyed those times more with parents. The, you know, hassle-free where your parents are taking care of you. You, you don't have any worries about bills. You don't have to worry about, you know, anything else. You're just, you're just the child. Everything, your parents are taking care of it for you. You don't know if we have enough money to pay for anything. You don't know anything. You just leave. You know, I also miss the naps. When you get home, you just go home and, you know, and take a nap like after church or something like that. Right now, unfortunately, you know, it's uh, your kids, your family, everything is dictating, you know, what you do. So I watched your service uh, for some reason, you know, this is the only service we have on Tuesday, so sometimes I'll jump in and kind of watch and see what you guys are doing. And uh, you guys had some amazing sermons, amazing preachers that are, you know, sharing the word here. I kind of really enjoyed it, and God has blessed you guys with, uh, you know, amazing leaders, amazing crew, amazing brothers that are sharing the word. I really enjoyed it. I watched the sermon last Tuesday as well. Sometimes if I have time, I just do it. And I, what I really like for some reason, you guys actually didn't do it today. I, I kind of really like when they pass around the microphone, you know. Kind of uh, gives everybody a chance and you kind of get the feel, you know. Some people are, you know, have a need. You can tell it's a simple need and some people will, you know, you can tell they're like almost tearing up. You can really tell that there's something's heavy on their heart. They want to, something's really going on. And for those of you that are maybe watching, like as I was watching, if I see the person, you know, I kind of pray about him, you know, because you know, you know, things are tough sometimes, you know. So, um, so I want to talk about as, uh, uh, a specific verse since we didn't read everything. I'm just going to read maybe about seven verses, and I'm going to only concentrate on one specific verse. So it's going to be First John 4:17. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God. God remains in him and he's in God. We have come to know and have believed that love with God has for us. God is love and the one who remains in love remains in God. 
and God remains in him. But this love is perfect with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment because as he is, we all also are in the world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear involves punishment and the one who fears is not perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God, and yet he hates his brother or sister, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother and his sister, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. You know, uh, so I'm going to concentrate on uh, verse 18. We can see that at first it's talking about uh, the fear of punishment. Then it goes on talking about... Um, how about us loving our neighbors so i'm gonna mostly talk about just the fear of the punishment because the fear is a very uh, it's a very big word so is the love you can go in different directions on it um, fear is a really strong thing it can make you do certain things that you you're not naturally supposed to do uh, like right now i have some chickens and i have a coyote issues and uh, fear is making me do some serious stuff. I'm day and night. I'm thinking how to trap him, how to have him not, you know, kill my chickens. And it's a battle. It's making me do some things that I'm not, you know, that I would normally not do. I'd look out the window in the middle of the night. So same thing with fear. It can make us do certain things that we're not supposed to do sometimes. It can make us trample, you know. And this verse that we read, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. You know, this verse, every time I read it, it seems to me, maybe to some of you doesn't, but it seems really confusing. You know, if, if, uh, if it was written, love casts out hate, I would really, you know, kind of understand that that's not really an issue, but love casting out fear to me, it's always seemed a little confusing. It's like, what does, how does love go together with fear? It's almost like a magnet, you know, like magnets, sometimes you can put them together one way and it sticks. And then if you flip them over and you try to put those magnets together, it does not want to stick to me. And I'm just talking about myself, maybe for some of you it's different. When I was reading this verse, it just seemed like these two would not go together in one one verse how does love cast out fear you know it seems as though the light when the light comes the darkness goes away so somehow when the fear comes the love and it's talking about love of god supposed to cast out the fear you know and it's though it says whoever fears his love has not, has not been perfected in love, as though there's like another level that we have to achieve. And why is this subject important today? Uh, God put it on my heart, and it's a, like I said earlier, it's a very, um, it's a very complicated subject, which I'm just going to touch a little bit. But uh, it's very important uh, nowadays that we see, you know, God put, like I mentioned earlier, Sometimes we, we fear of things. It could be like a safety thing. Maybe if you're on a high building, you have a fear. Uh, if it's a wildlife and you got to avoid something, it's a fear too. But, you know, our enemy kind of uses this door that could act as our safety mechanism 
that could potentially protect us, uh, our enemy, through this same door of fear, can pretty much almost destroy us. And, they almost, you know, we can not sleep because of that. We can, uh, it can be a very unpleasant situation when a person is in fear. And, uh, and I also noticed uh, the enemy is almost always, uh, not always, I'm sorry, uh, the enemy is also twisting sometimes the things. Uh, excuse me. So, for example, a person that's saved and has been forgiven by God, God took our punishment. We're supposed to be acting bold. We're supposed to be not, not be afraid of the punishment, even though we deserve that Jesus Christ took it up on himself. We're supposed to be walking around bold with no fear of punishment. And sometimes we're just afraid. We wonder, am I saved? Did God really forgive me? I prayed, I confessed my sins. Did he really forgive me? Did his blood really wash away all my sins? And we have these questions. We have this fear. Am I saved if I, like, when I was younger, I had a fear, like, if I fall asleep, will I... Uh, if I don't wake up, where would I go? Am I saved? Even though I clearly just prayed, God, I did that and this and that, and I pray that your blood washes all away and I be forgiven. And you still have those doubts. And you look at that unchristian person, and it seems like it's all backward. The person that commits sin, a person that f does not fear the Lord, a person that's walking around, maybe saying bad words and all that kind of stuff it's what he's walking around bold as though he's saved sometimes you look at that and you're like confused you know devil twists things around where he makes us seem he tries to scare us that we're not safe that we're going to be punished and he tells the unchristian person that you're going to be okay so that's why I'm, i think it's very important uh to talk about this subject today and I also want to read 1 John uh, uh, from the uh, second chapter, uh, second chapter, uh, uh, first verse. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. And if any of the sins we have, an advocate with the Father Jesus Christ, the righteous, and He Himself. The, uh, I'm sorry, I can't pronounce this one. Propitiation, thank you. For our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sin of the world, the whole world. Like I mentioned earlier, everything's already been taken care of on the, Christ, on the cross. So we shouldn't be uh, afraid of the punishment if I had truly confessed my sin. If I came to the Lord, I'm His child and the and that fear of punishment should not be affecting me. Another thing is, uh, like I mentioned earlier, I was kind of looking at this verse, and I was trying to figure out why is this word punish, why is this word love mixed together with fear? Um, and I just want to kind of share a small thing, if you guys can understand uh, my message. Um, I realized, for example, a lot of you guys are here today. We all drove here. Uh, we are all sitting here, and hopefully, you know, nobody, uh, everybody got here safe. Nobody broke the law. Every, nobody was speeding, maybe. And uh, 
just want to uh, explain something. A lot of people got here and they were driving safe. They were not breaking any laws, any laws for one reason. They, they're, you know, they want to be a good citizen. They don't want to break the law. They love the law. They respect the law. So we have a people that got here safely because of that. We also might have different people that got here for another reason. They were driving here safe, not speeding. They were not breaking any laws because maybe in the past they got some tickets. Maybe in the past they got their license taken away. And, uh, and I realized it's an interesting thing where you can see fear and love kind of leading you towards the same thing, which all of you guys drove here, and, and you guys all drove safe, but there's two different types of people that drove because of fear of the law, and there's people that drove here because of the love of the law. You know, in my, uh, when I was growing up, one of my mentors, he said this thing that if you want to be rich and have, be successful, there's two different things that can do that for you. You can either... Uh, you can either love the money, you can have the dreams, you want to accomplish something, you want to do something great, and you can just, you know, try to accomplish that as fast as you can, or you can also, you know, live in fear that you're going to be on the street, you can look at your bank accounts that it's low, you can, you know, you can worry about your kids not be able to go to school, you won't be able to afford any cars for your kids, and these two roads Sometimes it seemed as though they're leading to the same direction, but one has the heart in it, and the second one does not. You know, brothers and sisters, I was, when I was growing up, I'm kind of ashamed to say this, but uh, I served the Lord, and I was not, my parents were teaching me that I can't do certain things, I can't do, uh, I'll be punished for this and for that. And uh, I, a lot of times, what kept me away from committing a sin is uh, sadly not the love of God, but sadly it was the fear of the punishment of God. I knew that if I commit some kind of sin, there's definitely a consequences for that. And because of that, um, I would avoid some things. So as though we can say my love was not perfected, I respected God, and I had this fear of his punishment, and as though my love was not perfected because I had fear of my punishment. And uh, it seems just, uh, it seems as though these same things are leading you to the same place. It's two different roads. One is by fear. One is by love. But at the end of the road, it says, there is no fear in love. So I ask myself, did, do I truly love God if I fear the punishment of the sin that I commit? Or do I not? In Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, second verse, it says, if I have the gift of prophecy and I know all the mysteries and all the knowledge and if I have all the faith, as to remove the mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. We see that without love, we are nothing. It seems, like I said earlier, these roads that could 
seem like they're going in the same direction. It seems like, like I mentioned earlier, we all got here for two different reasons. But one has the heart. One is a perfected love of God that only God has. And the second one is the fear. And my question is, brothers and sisters, do I, do I uh, avoid sin? Do I avoid everything else that I'm not supposed to do because I love my Lord, because I don't want to, if, if I can express myself, if I don't want to bring him any pain because I truly love him from the bottom of my heart, or do I do it because I fear the punishment? Do I do it because I know I'm going to pay for it? which we all pay for the sin. We're supposed to pay for our sins. We're supposed to pay for our crimes. But Jesus Christ took it up on himself. He took all the punishment for my sins. And, uh, and the question is, how does love, this God's love, how can it cast out fear out of, uh, out of my life? How can it cast it out? For me, it was kind of, I've been through some things that drove me closer to God. When you realize you go through some difficulties, when you realize there's, uh, there's nobody but God that can help you. You're literally standing alone. There's only God. No human can, can uh, possibly help you. And this problem in your life, as painful as it is, sometimes it draws you closer, closer to God. Loving God even like brother said earlier, even when he doesn't answer you, when it seems like there's no, God doesn't hear your prayer, your need is not, you, does not come up to him when you pray. But brothers and sisters, God hears our prayers. And to me, it was some, somewhat like that. I kind of grew closer to God uh, through uh, some things that I've been through. And uh, like we mentioned earlier, this fear supposed to be driven out by love as though light is you know drives out darkness but still the question is how how does this perfect love drives out fear in our lives and like brothers mentioned earlier daniel is a good example i was going to use somebody else but daniel he knew the consequences of the what what can happen to him if if he keeps doing what he's doing if he keeps praying he knew exactly what he's going for he knew exactly that he can die. He knew everything. But yet, the love of God that he had, the strong relationship that he had for God, it cast out the fear. You know, and the uh, same thing I was thinking about our um, grandparents. Uh, I hear these stories, maybe you guys heard some of them too, when, uh, when uh, they were going to jail you know, you have, you know, right now, maybe we have a little bit smaller families, but back in the days, it was like five, ten kids. You go into jail for Christ, and they're offering to you. They can, they're saying, hey, all you have to do is deny Christ. All you have to do, and you can go back to your family, you know. And as hard as it is growing up with what you have, having five, ten kids, on top of that, the father gets taken away, goes to jail, as hard as it is supporting these kids, the father gets taken away, goes to jail, and it gets even harder for the family. And I questioned how, what kind of love do you have to have? What kind of love for God do you have to have to know like some people were killed, they were shot 
for Christ. And they always give him a chance. If you change your mind, go ahead and stand on the side and you're, you're free to live. What kind of love of God do you have to look death in the eye like Daniel did and say, you know what, God, I love you so much that this doesn't mean anything to you. God, I love you so much that this fear somehow, God gives you this peace that drives out this fear out of your, out of your life. And uh, at the end of the day, it's the relationship between God, kind of like we have it with parents. I don't know if you guys, when I was growing up, you know, if we, you know, parents get out of the house and we either, you know, break something or do something, and you know parents are coming home and you're trying to fix as fast as you can and you have the fear like okay is my dad in a good mood uh what's gonna happen you know you have a whole bunch of things going through your mind and then at the end of the day you're if you have a strong good relationship with your father the love gives you the peace that your parents they're not gonna you know they're not gonna kill you my father knows what's good for me and it gives you the peace knowing that you have the father relationship and sometimes some of us would even try to sweet talk our parents give them a good start maybe make a, you know some kind of dinner or something before they go in you know but giving having that confidence standing like it says on the judgment confidence of the day of judgment having that confidence that hey I know God died for my sins I have relationship with God. My God is the foundation of my life. He's not just one thing out of a hundred that I have in my pocket. And today I go to youth service. Tomorrow I do something else. Having God as a as a as a main thing in my life, having Him in the center of my circle, in the center of my life, and having that relationship. And we can also apply this thing to other things. Brothers maybe and sisters, maybe you're going through something else in your life where there's unknown, like somebody said about a job. You, maybe you feel like God's not going to give you an answer. Maybe you're going through some kind of sickness and you feel like you have the fear of what if, what's, what if that's going to happen, what if this is going to happen. You know, Jesus Christ, he wants to also offer you this peace. When you fully trust everything you have, when you fully trust your whole life to God. When you truly love Him, then the rest does not matter. Like this preacher, I probably already mentioned it before, this one preacher said, I, God, I love you so much. Before, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't do this, but saying these words, God, I love you so much that I trust you everything. I trust you my whole life. Even if I'll be on the street, under a tent somewhere, even if I lose my whole house, God, I trust everything into your hands. Because I know you know what's best for me. Because, because God can give you this peace. You know, we can, we can be afraid of the economy. We can be afraid of lots of things. I'm not going to go over them today. But once you start to trust God, once you give everything you have into his hand, these, this fear, the devil tries to trick us, this fear when you trust everything in God's hands, this fear slowly starts to fade away and you have the peace. And for me, like I said, it's to my shame. It took me a really long time when I can say, God, you know what? I trust you. Even if you, like I lost my brother, even if you take everybody away from me, will I still praise you? 
Will I still praise you if you take everything away from me? Do I have this true and strong relationship for my God that I love you so much that I'm going to, I'm okay if you take everything from me because I trust you, because you're the center of my life, because you're my savior. And, uh, and my, uh, just want to conclude with this, brothers and sisters, that we can distinguish these two similar roads. Like I said, I'm not sure why it kind of opened up to me. Maybe because uh, the way I kind of came to Christ, even though I was going to church, uh, that these two roads that might seem so similar, they might seem so close, but one, like he said, you might not be perfected in love. If you're operating in fear, if you love God, is one road, and then if you still fear of the punishment, like he said, you might not be perfected in love. If I don't trust God, that when I tell him all my sins that I committed, and I believe that he took it up on himself, I believe that he, blood of Jesus, cleansed me, that he died for me. He took the punishment for me that I was supposed to have. He took it all up on himself. And because of that, not because of me, because of him, I have no fear. Amen. Let's pray.